At Sisu, we take a very scientific approach to making sure our technologically advanced, doctor-developed, scientifically-backed, industry-changing mouthguards are the most protective, lightest, talkable, breathable, comfortable, drinkable, remoldable mouthguards on the planet to guarantee you're protected. <clears throat> no matter what comes your way, the Sisu Next Gen. Sisu. Talk. Breathe. Drink. scientific approach to making sure our technologically advanced, doctor-developed, scientifically-backed, industry-changing mouthguards are the most protective, lightest, talkable, breathable, comfortable, drinkable, remoldable mouthguards on the planet to guarantee you're protected. <clears throat> no matter what comes your way, the Sisu Next Gen. Sisu. Talk. Breathe. Drink.
Hey, T, we're back. It's game week. It's Saturday. We've got a bunch of great games coming up, and obviously our uh, unofficial friends at Las Vegas Lines who uh, produce these lines every week. It's kind of nice to have a Twitter account that does this and does all the work, so that's uh, that's a lot of fun. Um, however, uh, it's also cool to be able to pick games based on spreads and over-unders. So, uh, but first, AT, huge news in the lacrosse world. Schilling Law, Bob Schilling Law at Delaware, will an- announce his retirement after the 2017 season. Talk to him a little bit to me about what his impact has been on the game in his 42 years. 42 years of collegiate coaching. Yeah, un, un, unbelievable career, really. I mean, one of the sports icons when you look at the landscape of college lacrosse in general, but specifically Division One. You know, I was doing, uh, I, was, I was reading up on his career, and one of the things that I found interesting was in 1986, uh, that might have been 1986 or 85. Uh, I was reading about how originally the Final Four was supposed to be at Army that year, and it ended up getting switched to Delaware. And it was actually, I think it was 85 because, uh, or was it 84? Sorry, it's a little unprofessional. I got to get my stuff back together. But in short, <laughs> basically, you know, he was one of the guys that helped sort of promote the, you know, the, the sort of the one venue big time platform for the national tournament in college lacrosse. And, you know, I remember the first game that I went to that I remember really well was 83 when Syracuse came back from, I think, a 12-5 deficit to beat Hopkins, something like 17-16. Brad Cotts had five goals. Um, and I remember going home and stringing my stick exactly like Brad Cotts after that. I was an eighth That's grader. Awesome. And then I think the next year was when they had a rematch and it was at Delaware. Del Dressel was two and two and Hopkins ended up winning that game. And that game was originally supposed to be at army, but it ended up getting moved to Delaware. And I remember my dad, uh, driving us down to Delaware, Mike Murphy, who's now the U Penn coach was yeah, in the, yeah. uh, in the, in the, in the car with us. And I think it was his first lacrosse game that he had ever been to. And now oddly he ends up as the head coach of Penn. But, um, you know, just in terms of, of what Shills has done, it's really incredible. Um, I, I want to say that they won 15 conference championships. Is that right? Um, I, I that, don't have the stats on hand with me, but it is somewhere along there, around there. Really incredible. I mean, the, the, uh, what a career. I mean, Hall of Fame, certain certain Hall of Fame career. Um, you know, he's just coached a ton of players and done a ton for the sport. And, um, you know, every year that's a team that is super dangerous and would love to see him go out with a bang and, you know, in a perfect role, have his best career this year and his last. But we'll see. That's That's to come. It is, and uh, we will talk a little bit more in the future about potential replacements to Schilling Law. you got to figure that that is a school that will be hunted down by some of the best head coaches and assistant coaches in the country. Uh, no question that Delaware is a prime spot Excuse me for recruiting, prime location spot um, in terms of being able to get, and we were just talking about this off-air, uh, AT, about how to schedule games. Uh, being that you're in Delaware, you're kind of, just like Philadelphia, kind of in the central market for all these teams. 
uh, and it's easy for teams to travel either by bus or by flight to get in and out uh, to a place like Newark, but also, say, Philadelphia. Uh, so that is huge. Um, but certainly the CAA is a winnable league conference, um, and you should expect a lot of big names uh, coming into the race there. But, A.T., we have games to pick this week. Uh, why don't you start us off on the first game of the week, and a reminder that all the games that we pick are simply the games that have been given lines and over-unders to. Otherwise, we pick all the games, and it would take us two hours to do it. Right, so. and, and any any line that's been published by our friends at Las Vegas Lines, RD and I will cover those games specifically. So I think that they, correct me if I'm wrong, RD, but they cover all of the top 20 games and then any sort of write-in Twitter requests. Is that is I that think so, saying? too. Yeah, it's definitely, they definitely do the top 20 games. Um, and I, they, they also publish for anyone that wants to uh, request a games and then they just throw lines out, not necessarily on their sheet that they do it on but they do it just through twitter so got it okay well look we got five games as you said that uh we are going to cover and what we will do is we will start with michigan and cleveland state the line is michigan laying 12 and a half wow to cleveland state and the over under 20 point Five RD. What do you think? Twelve and a half is a lot, um, but it doesn't seem that unreasonable given the state of an early season victory for Michigan and the obvious first game in Cleveland State's history as well. The edge is to Cleveland State in terms of its home field advantage, um, but that's pretty much it. I'm going to have to have Cleveland State covering 12 and a half here. 12 and a half is a large number, but I definitely could see this being a 20 to 3 kind of score. What's the over the under 20 and a half points? 20.5. I'll take the over. But I'm going to I'm going to take Cleveland State on the line. I just I think they might get under 12 goals, but it's still going to be a one-way competition. AT, what about you? Um I am going to take Michigan in this and the reason I'm going to take Michigan is I think that they show up with a real chip on their shoulder after a tough 2016 season and I think that they uh, want to get off to a great start and I think that unfortunately Cleveland State is not going to be able to hang with them in this contest uh, you know my, my hope is that Cleveland State can cover my hope is that Cleveland State can keep this you know under a double digit outcome yeah uh, but I just, I just don't think they're going to be able to do it. I think that Michigan rolls out way too much talent, and they show up with, again, a big chip on their shoulder based on the way their season went last year. I see Michigan covering 12 and a half, and, um, and I like the over in this game as well because I do think Cleveland State's going to score some goals. You know, I, I see this being about 18 to 5, something like that. So I do. I like Michigan, and I like uh, the over. That's good. That's good. What's next? Uh, next game. Uh, a much closer contest, and this is BU, Boston University versus Providence College. BU is favored by three and a half, so they're laying three and a half to PC, and the over and under is 18.5. And where is the game? The game is in Providence? Uh, I wasn't counting on that second-level question, Ryan. <laughs> 
Uh, it's important. The though. game is in Providence. Yes, I think it is. Or at least that's what uh, it's. It's today at one o'clock. Not too far off. Nope. Under two hours. Yep. Unreal. Sam Talco is probably sharpening his sword right now. <laughs> that's right. I do think so. Look, if Sam Talco is going to have the day that we all think he's going to have at the faceoff uh, X, I do see this potentially being a four to five goal victory. But I do like the line at three and a half. That's a tough one to pick. I'll take BU with four goal victory. Eighteen and a half. I see it as a, a, I think Providence is going to slow this game down. And I think generally this game is going to be a slow paced game. I'm going to take the under on 18 and a half, but I will. God, I'm trying to second guess myself here. I think, again, it's going to be a closer game, but I think maybe a goal, a backdoor cover kind of happens in the end of this. Maybe it's a three-goal lead for BU. Providence comes out of the cup, and, and BU finishes it off for a four-goal win. But I'll take the under on 18.5. I do think Sam Talco is going to be the difference in this one, and I think Carson Bannister is also going to be the difference in this one. Uh, so that's who I have for that game. AT? I like it. I like it a lot. I think that, um, you know, look, both teams have great goalies. Yes. Um, but I think that, I think that Sam Talco is going to control this game and that BU is going to end up having the ball. You know, we, we talked a little bit about it this week on the preview, but I just think that I think BU is going to have too much offense for them and they're going to wear down Providence college. So I like, I like BU laying three and a half to Providence. And I also like the under on the strength of, uh, the goaltending. Uh, and so I, I also got BU in the under. Perfect, perfect. So who did you wait? Who did you take in the in the? Uh, I know you took Cleveland State. Did you take the under or the over in that game? That uh, was twenty and a half. Uh, I took the. Oh, I don't remember actually. I think I took the. Feels over. good when it's happening. It's when you come out of it, it's a little awkward. Uh, I took the. Uh, I took the under. No, I love. That's kind of a little bit like well. the slow, fast-paced offense of Delaware. <laughs> it's uh, so brutal. But so that's brutal. all right. We're, we're going to give you the under, and that puts us on both sides of that bet and that one. Um, mm-hmm. But we're on both sides of the fence in BU. So, uh, well, let's we, take a, let's take a break real quick. We'll give our uh, shout-outs to Sisu. We're going to show a commercial break here, but otherwise, we'll be back right for the last three picks, right? Yes. yes all right. Yes. Here we go. Taking a quick break for Sisu Mouthguards. Uh, witness evolution. Uh, and uh, here it is. At Sisu, we take a very scientific approach to making sure our technologically advanced, doctor-developed, scientifically-backed, industry-changing mouthguards are the most protective, lightest, talkable, breathable, comfortable, drinkable, removable mouthguards on the planet to guarantee you're protected. No matter what comes your way, the Sisu Next Gen Sisu Talk Breathe Drink. Okay, uh, moving on. We are going to the third game, and that is going to be um, Penn State and Robert Morris. Uh, Robert Morris is going to Penn State. Game faces off at 3 p.m. today. Penn State is laying eight and a half to RMU, and the over-under is at 21.5. Another tough one. Um, it's indoors at Penn State. Um, 21 and a half is the over-under? Yep. Ah, this is a really tough one, too. Eight and a half. I'm going to give Penn State here eight and a half goals. Um, and the reason being is it's going to be indoors. 
Um, and it's very, very they're, – they're already down five goals, Robert Morris is coming off the bus. Um, and so I do think that Penn State is primed to have a big-time 2017 season. I think that Robert Morris, while has a powerful offense, I just don't think that they – I think they see what Gerard Arcieri is going to bring to the table this year to Division One lacrosse. I don't think they see the ball all that much, and I think Penn State is physically – matching up a little bit stronger than what Bobby Moe is going to produce on the offensive end. So I will take the over, and yeah. I'm going to take Penn State with eight and a half, uh, just because I do think Bobby, you know, Robert Morris is going to definitely score some goals, but just not enough for eight and a half point spread. AT, what do you think? Interesting. Um, I think eight and a half goals is too many goals to give RMU, given the amount of Canadians that they have on their team. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, remember though you know, that they're on the they're on the other side of the ball too. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I just I, I think that Penn State's going to dominate the faceoff X. I think that Penn State is going to score goals, but I think that eight and a half goals to a team that was throwing up over eleven goals a game, I think it's too much. Um, I'm with you. I think our Siri in the faceoff group at Penn State dominates the game. I think it's tough to play indoors for anyone, but Let's face it, RD, Canadians are better at catching the ball than Americans. <laughs> so I think that the white background of Hollywood Hall or wherever they're playing, which is probably going to be where they're playing, I think it affects RMU less than it would affect ah. any other team with less Canadians. So I'm going to take RMU and the eight and a half goals. I like that, but I also do think it's going to be an over. Uh, so I got RMU in the over. That's perfect. What's next up on the docket? Next up. My boy Joe Brash. <laughs> Rymo, Playing too. And Ryan Moran in his first game at UMBC. UMBC travels to Chapel Thrill, facing <laughs> off today at 3 p.m. What do you think, RD? I got uh, the line at UNC, also at minus eight and a half. Wow. Over under 20 goals. I got, I got, this is another one that's tough. I'm going, I'm also going to give UNC eight and a half goals. And the 20 and a half is the, the over under here? 20. 20, 20. I've got the over on 20. I've got okay. the over on 20. I think that both teams are going to score a decent amount of goals, but certainly nine more goals is going to be scored by UNC over UMBC. I think that going down to Chapel Thrill is going to wear in on the travel plans. Um, I think that UNC is going to start strong, and they usually do against teams like UMBC. I think that Ryan Moran shows some promise in his first career head coaching game. However, I think walking into the dentist office in Chapel Hill is going to be a little tough for a start. So that's what I've got. I've got UNC by eight and a half for sure. I got UNC winning this one. And then I certainly think that it'll be over 20 goals, probably somewhere around 12 or I guess I got to do the difference here. It's going to be 18 something. Do the math. 11. Yeah. yeah so, 10, all right. You got UNC nine. in the over. Yes. All right. I, I, you know, listen, this is a tough game, but I think that UNC makes a statement with their defense this season. And I do think that UMBC is going to come into the game very, very fired up. Um, but I think, unfortunately, they're going to be the victim to a now complete UNC team that I think, as I said before, will ultimately 
uh, be known for their defense at the end of this year. And so I think they're going to hold UMBC down. I can see them holding down to five goals. Wow. And I see their defense creating some transition offense. I don't see them having an unbelievable shooting day, but I do see them scoring enough goals to cover eight and a half. I can see a 16 to five win by Carolina. So I have as well UNC and the over at 20. So UNC and the over as well. Perfect. Last game, which should be the best game, right? Last game. Yes, we like the crescendo here um, at In Your Face as it relates to games. However, we have finished the Saturday games. We're moving on to the lone Sunday game, which is Duke and Air Force. Um, I have Air Force traveling to Duke, playing at 3.30 tomorrow afternoon. And Duke is laying five. And the over-under is 17.5, oh, kind of a low number for a Duke game. Uh, what do you got? I'm going to – so five goals to Duke, right? Is that what it is? Duke's favorite by five. I'm going to take Duke on this, um, but I do think it's going to be a situation where it is a low score, 17 goals. I can see like a 10 or a 12-7 game-ish. Okay. So I'm going to take – I'm going to take the over on 17. I'm going to take Duke by five, but I just don't think 17 and a half. I just don't think the faceoff situation is going to pose a tough scenario for Air Force. I think that traveling don't there. By the way, Air Force is 11. Last year was 11 and three on the road. 11 and two, excuse me, on the road. 11 and two on the road. And that includes four neutral games. So. That's incredible. Other than them and Marquette are the two most road warrior teams in the country. I do think they come out, but I do think this team's a little bit different than it has in years past. Uh, but I also think that Duke has a lot to prove this year. Uh, and we're going to be looking at an attack that's going to have a lot of pressure on them throughout the year uh, and a midfield group that we're just not sure who it's going to be. Um, yeah. And so that in itself um, you know, should pose uh, problems for Air Force. Um, but I think there's a chance that Duke covers. I'm taking Duke in this one. And Duke in the over? Uh, Duke in the over. All right. So, yeah, this is a, this is a, this is a challenge because I'm, I don't feel great about Duke in the ACC. In fact, I have them finishing last in the ACC regular season this year. That doesn't mean they won't win the national championship. That's <laughs> <Right. laughs> so true. But I don't, I, I see them struggling in league. Um, you know, I look at Duke and last year, you know, I was not impressed with with the way that their season ended. Um, you know, the, as we said before, the ball just seemed to be dead in Miles' stick the entire game. But I do know that they return Kyle Rowe, stud face-off guy, who I think is going to dominate this game like he did last year. I think last year he was 17 for 22. I see him dominating that aspect again. I see Duke returning most of, not all of their defensemen. Yep. They got a good goalie in Danny Fowler. I'm not impressed with Duke's offense, so I don't see them scoring a ton of goals. I see them scoring about 13 goals. And I think with what Air Force returns on the offensive end, I think that they're going to get to 10. I, I see it about 13-10 Duke. So I am going to take Air Force getting five versus Duke, but I'm also going to take the over because awesome. I think that um, 
I think it's going to be again 13-10. I think 17. I think 17-5 is just too low for this game, given that Air Force loses its goalie. Um, so I've got Air Force. So uh, I think uh, I think though yeah. there's a possibility that Duke or excuse me Air Force comes out in a zone and this game turns into a sloppy, sloppy game, and with the offense that we're not really sure who's going to be the the go-to guy. They do have you know Bruckner and. Uh, Who's the other gentleman at attack at Duke? Um, Guttering. Guttering. Guttering, Guttering right. Um, you know, you've got those two. Those those guys can pull the trigger and they can score. I just, you know, with the midfield and now you put in Air Force putting in a zone and you're going to see a zone the whole game. It could end up being the under in 17. So yeah, I but I don't see I don't see Duke scoring their goals in settled six on six situations. There you go. I, I, see, I see them scoring their goals in transition off of face-off wins and off of, you know, Defensive live situation turnovers. That's how, that's how I see them scoring. Um, but you could be right. You know, if it ends up being if, if Air Force can neutralize Kyle Rowe to some degree and win forty percent, you know, or forty five percent, and they're able to slow it down because you know Saramet's a you know very very smart, understands disciplined on offense type. Guy yeah, I, you know, I, and you got a lot of returning veterans playing on the offensive end for Air Force. You know, they want to keep this a low scoring game. There's no question. Um, you know, then you you could be right, but I think that they're going to have to they're going to have to have more success than five out of twenty two for them to be in position to win this game this year. I don't because they don't have Doug Gaucho to bail them, know, out. bail them out like he did last year with seventeen saves. That's right. Well, that's it for the show today. We will be back on Tuesday with our runs of the week. Uh, there is a Tuesday game though. Uh, with Hopkins and Navy. So uh, be ready for us to potentially pick on that game that morning. Um, but otherwise, uh, we will be back all next week. Check out all the games. There are 11. Who do you like the Super Bowl, RD? I do like the Pats. The Pats will win it. The Pats are going to win it. They're going to cover, too. I think they're favored by six. They're not going to cover. You want to go for a personal C-note on that? Uh, no, cannot. Cannot do personal, that. Because I'm... Uh, I cannot, oh, right. Yes, I cannot do that, so... All right. Um, uh, we'll go aggressive punch in the back. <laughs> aggressive back slaps. Correct. Right. Winner right. gets to winner gets to aggressively punch the other guy in the back. There that's you fair. go. One shot. <laughs> so uh, just like playing basketball against Torp, you're fine. That's right. I'm used Actually, to it by hurts now. less. <laughs> it than hurts Torp. less to take a big shot in the back than it does to try to box out the refrigerator. <laughs> check us out on in your at in your face lax on Twitter. Uh, check us out on Facebook. We were just live on Facebook. We're also live on the laxallstars.com uh, website. We're live on their Facebook site as well. So uh, we're basically, our, our faces are going to be plastered everywhere come uh, Saturday game days, which is nice, but it's also be published all week. So tune in to all the games this week. Tune into the streams. Support the game. Be a fan of the game. Um, and uh, we will check you back with you on Tuesday. Go Patriots.